You're listening to the Harbor Worship Center podcast with Pastor Mike Saint. For more information about the Harbor Worship Center, please visit us at harborwc.com. Enjoy today's message. Two days removed from Christmas, but I can't help but think about all the gifts that was given and received. I had people that, as a matter of fact, I opened one up this morning that someone had brought me and put it on my desk. Thank you for it. And I had people last Sunday that done that, and I had family and friends. And, you know, uh, we all get together, and we exchange gifts, and our family's getting so big now. My children are talking about, man, we need to draw names, Daddy. <laughs> And uh, all of that stuff, and and all that's well and good, but it's the idea of being able to give. I love being able to give to somebody something that they do not expect and watch their eyes just light up. Amen? I had the privilege of building a couple of gifts for some of my girls, and uh, man, to see their eyes light up and say, Whoa, I love that! You know, that's I, that, I like that. I like to be able to give. It's probably... My favorite time of the year. I don't know if Kelly would agree because she has to do a lot of rapping, and I'm not a fan of rapping. I'm kind of like the guy that if I buy you a bicycle, I'll just park it out there in the living room, and that's where Santa left it. You know, uh, my rapping looks horrible. Are y'all with me? I mean, I bought Kelly some dishes, you know, and one of them I got lucky and wrapped it up. It looked pretty decent. The other one, after I tore the paper two or three times, I got so aggravated, I just found a big old bag, stuck it down in there, and just packed paper on top and tied a string around it. Everybody got over the house and said, who in the world wrapped that? (laughs) Anyway, so wrapping is not my deal. Uh, vocally or with paper. Are y'all with me? Say amen. <laughs> so anyway, but we're two days away from Christmas and we, we just had a wonderful time. And But I, I want to share with you the greatest gift that God has given. Uh, yeah, oh, Let me back up for a second. Have you ever looked around and you saw what somebody else got for Christmas and you said, Oh my goodness. Oh, I wish I'd have got what he got. Or Lord, I wish I'd have got what she got. And your heart is, I just wish I could, but I'll never be able to get that kind of gift. Or I just, you know, we can't afford that kind of gift, et cetera, et cetera. I want to say to you, the greatest gifts ever given to mankind did not come from Amazon.com. They did not come from eBay. They did not come from Craigslist or Walmart or any other retailer. But the greatest gifts are, are given to all of mankind. God has given us the three greatest gifts, and I just want to tell you what they are, and then I'll explain, sort of unpack them and unbox them, if I may. The first gift that God has given to all of us is simply the gift of life. Amen? It is in Him that we live and move and have our being. The Bible tells me in Genesis that God formed Adam from the dust of the earth. He fashioned him uh, as he wanted. And then, kneeling down or leaning over, however he done it, he breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life. And for the first time, mankind opened his eyes. And for the first time, man's heart began to pump. For the first time, blood began to circulate through the body and air through the lungs and Life was given, and mankind was born. Amen? Man became a living soul. God created us 
in the image of the Omega Day, the image of God, He created us. And that is absolutely incredible. And to me, that is the greatest gift that we have. It is the gift of life that God has somehow allowed you and I to be here. We have this life that He has given us. The question is, what are you going to do with this life? You know, the Bible says in James 1 and 16, He says, Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch this. Every good and perfect gift is from above. He don't say from eBay or Walmart or Amazon, but every good and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like the shifting shadows. Uh, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be the kind of first fruits of all he created. God's gift to us. I mean, whether you're a sinner or a saint, God's gift is that we're here. We are living and moving and having our being. The psalmist David said, it is in him that we live and move and have our being. Romans 5 and 8 says, but God demonstrates, in other words, puts on display, he exhibits his love for us or his own love for us that while we were still, somebody say still, still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. Listen, He has given us life. God formed us from the dust of the ground, created us in His image, and He's given us life. Now let me ask you this question. What are you going to do with the life God has given you? We can sit and pine away we can sit and say, well, I'm not as affluent as so-and-so. I don't have the pedigree. I don't have the status. I don't have the connections. I don't have the money. I don't have this. And we can make excuses forevermore. But that's not good enough. Every one of us are created in the image of God. God has given us this great gift called life. We are living, brothers and sisters. And some of you ain't acting like it, but we are alive. Amen. We're alive. That is huge. Ephesians says this in chapter 2 and verses 1 through 3. To you who were spiritually dead, now we're going to get this in a moment, that you had drifted along the streams of this world's ideas of living. Anybody here? He said, spiritually dead, sort of drifting along the streams of this world's idea of living. I want you to understand the world's idea of living is not God's idea of living. So he says, you know, and beyond its unseen ruler who is still operating in those who do not respond to the truth of God, to you, Christ has given life. So what are you going to do with that life that he's given you? So, so listen, here's the three great, three, three great gifts. Hallelujah. Got it out. The first is that he has given us life. Life. Everybody do that with me. Y'all ready on three? One, two, three. Ah, yeah. Fresh air in my lungs. I open my eyes and I can see. Amen. I, I, I can feel with my hands. I, I am alive. Praise God. And listen to me. I have resolved that while I live, I will bless the Lord. 
Amen. While I live, Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die, which all of us are going to do, is but gain. In other words, but while I'm here, I'm going to serve the Lord. So he gave us life. Look at your neighbor and say, he gave you life. Amen. So we are alive. And then he went a step further because we're all, listen, we're born and David said we're born in sin, shaping and iniquity. That don't mean his mother and daddy were out of wedlock. That means the curse of sin all the way from Adam. Because of, of the sin in the garden, the original sin, the fall of man, because of that, he said, I was born in sin, and you were born in sin. Now we know that children have not yet reached an age of accountability where they would know to do good. And the Bible says, you know, to him who knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. Right, But at some point in their life, they reach that age of accountability. Some people say 12 years old or whatever. I think it's a, an individual type thing as to when they know right from wrong. But the Bible says something else. More than just life, he says that, that we're all sinners. Romans 3 and 23 says all of us have sinned. Look at your neighbor and say, even you. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen? And Christ died for all of us. So not only did He give us life, He gave us the possibility of, here we go, the next gift, abundant life. Abundant life. To live the abundant life. Wait, uh, let me show you. Uh, so why is it important to know, you need to know, that He has given you life, that He has given us abundant life? What's this? John 10 and 10, the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. He said, but I have come to give you life and that you might have it more abundantly. I ask you, you know, are you living the abundant life? Now, some people have got it backwards. They've got it all wrong. That when, when I say the abundant life, they feel like that's... Um, you know, I've got a new four-wheel drive and I've got a new shotgun and I've got a new woman and i got this and i got that and all that. That's not the abundant life. Did you know life does not consist of the abundance of things that one's, one has? I can show you people who's got all those things and miserable as, as, as ever. Amen? I can show you people who's got plenty of money. Miserable. Now, I know money will make you a little happier until you spend it, and then you'll need some more. It's kind of like a drug. You've got to have some, and then when it goes away, you've got to get some more. And it's a never-ending chase. Same way with money. That's what the Bible says. You chase after it. Now, it don't hurt to have some. Don't get me wrong. But you have to have money and not money have you. Lord, have mercy. Let me, so let me say this. Life, he gave us. And then he says you can have abundant life. You know what that is? Abundant life is when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And he says, you know what? You can live on another plane. You can live a little bit higher than just materialistic possessions. He says, I have given you life, but now I have sent my son to die for you. And if you believe in him, he will give you life abundantly. So that you'll come to the knowledge that life is more than things. Life is more than possessions. Life is more than places and palaces and where I'm going and vacation homes. Life is more than all that. Even the Son of Man, he says, guess what? He created the entire world and said, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Are y'all following me? So, uh, and then he says, not only I give you life, I give you abundant life, but here's what you need to know whether you're a sinner or a saint. 
He's given us eternal life. Life, abundant life, and eternal life. And we're going to spend it somewhere. Eternal life. Either in heaven or in hell. Now let me move on. Um, now you got to understand that happiness and the greatest gifts, as I said, they don't come in boxes and packages and under a Christmas tree, and they're not ordered online, etc. And, and if you don't understand that, if you don't understand that, uh, that concept, that the greatest gifts are the three that I mentioned to you, if you don't get that, you could possibly spend the rest of your life and all your money chasing that that cannot fulfill you, at least for very long. I'll give you an example. i got a son. I've got three boys, but I've got uh, my youngest son's name, Andrew. And Andrew loves guns. Well, so does AJ. But I bet you, I would not be scared to say Andrew has bought and sold 40 or 50 guns in the last couple years, since he was old enough to. Are y'all with me? And he came in my office the other day, and I, and I thought to myself, man, you broke. How where are you buying a gun? But nonetheless, he, he bought his gun. He came in my office, he said, man, i got to show you this one, Daddy. And I said, what you got? He opened it up, man, that's a Glock, whatever, I can't remember. But it has, it's a limited edition with the gray grips. The regular ones ain't got this, but this is the limited edition. Man, it's got three or four of this and three or four of that. And not to mention, I've also ordered a $500 laser sight to go with it. My Lord Jesus. Are y'all with me? I mean, he loves them. And it's pleasing to him. And, and, and it's just so satisfactory. Man, I ain't never going to sell this one. Man, it's, it's in the case and it's beautiful. And Man, even he come out and we shot and he shot and they shot and all that. Man, I ain't never going to sell this on Christmas Eve. Now, this was two weeks ago. Christmas Eve night, he drove to Waycross and sold it. What I'm saying is the things that please you and it just bring you great gratification. You say, oh, this is the one. I just, I, I've always dreamed about this car. Oh, it was only $50,000. But I've always dreamed about having this. Nobody else hasn't got this. Let me say this. All of these things at best are temporary. I don't care what it's made of. At best it is temporary. Did you know this old, and matter of fact, this life that we live in, this body that you see, Paul said, don't let this outward appearance fool you. He said, because, you know, like for instance, Kelly, you know, she's cutting hair last night. She said, you sure ain't got much left up here. And what is, is turned gray. And all of that kind of stuff. And I'm like Paul said, don't let the outward appearance fool you. <laughs> Though the outward man perishes. The inward man is being renewed day by day. Amen. Listen, everything we see in this room is temporary. We look in the mirror and that that you can see is temporary. That that a surgeon's scalpel can probe is temporary. That that a microscope can see or a telescope is temporary. But I want to tell you something. That that we cannot see is eternal, made by the hands of God. Such gifts as life. Because guess what? When the old body does wear out. You know, I remember when I was in my 20s, I never had a pain in my life. I was in my 30s, everything was good. I used to laugh at people that had to carry suitcases of medicine. I mean, it had things like sun, mun, two, wind. I mean, all that. I'm thinking, my Lord. 
And now at nighttime, I got a pill bottle like this, and I'm breaking out two or three bottles and have to drink a gallon of water to put them all down. Y'all with me? And my right foot hurts sometimes. Oh, it takes about four uh, good steps in the morning and two cups of coffee to get it right. They say it's plantar fasciitis. Other people said it's just getting old. I feel like when you turn 45, they'll install grease joints on your knees and you... I don't know. But the outward man is perishing. Things that used to never hurt seem to hurt. Amen? I used to get over preaching so quick and be ready to go at it again. Are y'all with me? Say amen. But let me say this. Everything about us is temporary. But the greatest gifts that he gave us, life, abundant life, and eternal life, they are forever settled in heaven and cannot change. So, you got to understand this. While Andrew sold that gun and it's gone, I'm going to tell you something. You and I, if we're not careful, if we don't understand what I'm talking about, about these great gifts, we will chase the next high. We'll chase the next romance. We will chase the next car. We will chase the next set of tools, the next parachute, the next snowboard, the next truck, the next this, the next... And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of that stuff. If you've got your priorities right with God, enjoy yourself. Matter of fact, you can invite me. And I'll enjoy your toys with you. Amen. But make sure you've got your heart right with God. Make sure your life is right with God. And don't live under any illusion. Because if you're living under an illusion, what's going to happen is you're going to chase all of these things. And they're going to make you happy for a little while. You know what um, the writer of Hebrews said concerning Moses. You remember Moses? Moses was a Hebrew. He was... Uh, he was born the son of Amram and Jochebed, and the Pharaoh had ordered that all the baby boys be killed by being thrown in the Nile River. Well, she held him out for three months as long as she could, and then when the baby got making so much noise, she couldn't keep him hid anymore. She, crying, no doubt, went down one day and made a little, little boat, put it in it, and, you know, put clay and slime and pitch so that he would live as long as he could, and she put him out among the reeds and slid him out into the river, and there he's floating down the river. And later down the river, and I don't have time to tell you this, but he was discovered by the daughter of Pharaoh. He was literally raised in Pharaoh's palace. Pharaoh's money sent him to the best schools. They even hired his own mother, Jochebed. I wish I had time to tell you the story, but I don't. They hired her to be his nanny. She got to come to the palace, raise her own son on Pharaoh's checkbook. Don't tell me the wealth of the wicked isn't laid up for the righteous. Amen? She got everything she wanted for her brand new baby boy, and Pharaoh paid for it. He was afforded the best educations that Egypt could offer, but quietly and under her tutelage, she would tell him about the God of the Hebrews. And the Bible said when he became a man, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, but chose rather to suffer with the Hebrews. Are y'all hearing me say amen? He understood that the pleasures and the things that I can get and all of the toys that Egypt's money can buy are temporary and fleeting. Amen? So, let me say this. Luke 12, 15 says, And he said to them, Watch out! 
And be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. It's, it's great to have some possessions as long as you've got your heart right. Y'all with me? But the greatest gifts given to mankind, thank God they weren't parsed out to the affluent only. Thank God they weren't given to only those who had a certain bloodline, a certain race, creed, color. No. <clears throat> but the greatest gifts was given to whosoever will. I don't care where you came from, what side of the tracks, what color the pigment of your skin is. It doesn't matter how many dollars you got in your checkbook or not. He's given you life. And then he gave you the option for abundant life you can live with Jesus on the throne of your heart you can have the abundant life and again the abundant life is not just the toys and all of that Lord let me go on <laughs> and then you know this you're going to have eternal life somewhere once man, I mean, once God breathed into man's nostrils and man became a living soul, once that baby came forth from the womb, that's you and I, we took our first breath. We are a living soul that will spend eternity somewhere. So here's what I need you to do. After I've shared this with you today, I need you to... a period of time and none of us know how long but he wants you to do something with it for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life for God sent his son to the world not to condemn the world but through the world that the world through him might be saved the second thing I need you to do is accept him accept Christ into your heart to receive salvation and thereby have the abundant life that's the only way to have it to accept Christ Abundant life don't mean that I get everything I want. It doesn't mean that I'm better than you. It doesn't mean that I've arrived and you haven't. It means that I've come to view life the way God views it. We come to understand that life does not consist of the things that we have. And then last but not least, I need you to understand that whether or not you accept Jesus Christ today as Lord and Savior, you still have eternal life and you'll still spend it somewhere. Let me break that down and unpack it for you if I may. He gives us the what. The what is this. It's heaven or hell. That's what it, he gives us the what. He says, choose life and live. Choose me. You've got heaven. Don't. And the only place else is hell. The only choices. The wonderful thing is this. He left it up to me. He let me decide. We are, I don't care what anybody tells you. You're not predestined to go to hell. You're not predestined to go to heaven. One or the other. He wants you to go to heaven. He would elect that for you. But he, he gave you volition. That means the power to choose. The power of will, Paul said, is present with me. And I get to decide. So, make a wise choice. He gives us the what, and then he decides the when. W-H-E-N. He decides when. 
Nobody knows when. Nobody knows. Uh, got a phone call the other day. Uh, it's been about a month. And a young man that was troubled. He'd really been causing me a lot of trouble, to be honest with you. Um, he would ask me a deep theological question that I needed about four hours to study and get back with him. And he wanted to answer in ten minutes. So, nonetheless, he was very impatient, but he was really troubled and was going through some harsh, hard things. And uh, he always waited till Saturday night when LSU was playing to call me drunk. Are y'all with me? And so I get aggravated with that. And I say, listen, I'm in the office from 9 to 2, Monday through Thursday. Come see me. Matter of fact, I'm headed to Tifton on Sunday's day. I'll stop and see you, and we can discuss all this and, you know... So if I didn't give him the answer that he wanted, he'd get, get belligerent and just, anyway. Wasn't long, I'm talking about just a few few weeks later. I saw his name on Facebook. Found him dead in his house. I said, what in the world? We don't know when. We never know when. Uh, um, I know Sam had no idea when he went fishing on Monday. We didn't know that that would be the last time. I've got loved ones that I didn't know that'd be the last time. Maybe if I did, I might have stayed a little longer or said something else. He determines the what. It's heaven or hell. Then he determines the when. We don't know how long we got. This might be our last embrace today. We don't know. But we get to decide where. That's the beauty of it. And for our loved ones that have gone on before us there in heaven, we're going to see them again. If we'll live in such a way. Let me, let me tie this up right here. Um, Isaiah 55 says this. And I don't know why the Lord has kept me in Isaiah 55 now for a month. It is there that he also says that my thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are not your ways, but higher than yours. And that's fine now. In the very first part of chapter 55, he says... He's inviting the thirsty. And I bet you, that might be some of you that are thirsty. That have been traveling through this 2015 and you're parched and you're weary. And you're worn out. And you have sought for pleasure in all of the other things. And Christmas came with all of its gifts and you're still empty. Even though hundreds if not thousands of dollars sat under the tree. And it was great. But that high is over now and it's on to something else. And Isaiah said in 55 and 1, Come, all of you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come and buy and eat. Come and buy wine and milk and without money and without cost. What's this? Why spend money on what is not bread? In other words, why buy something that you think is going to do it for you this time? And then only to find out at the end of the bottle, there's no answers. When it's over, there's no answer. Why spend money on what is not bread? And why work for and labor for that that does not satisfy? Listen, he says, listen to me. And eat what is good. And you will delight in the richest affair. 
give ear. In other words, listen to me and come and listen that you may live. I'm going to ask you to stand with me now. If I could slide right on down to verse number 6. Here's what he said. In verse number 6 he says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. What does that mean? That means while you're feeling the tug at your heart, the draw of the Lord, he says, turn to him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord. He'll have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon. And that is the segue into the clean slate next week. That if we'll come to him, if we'll come to Jesus. Oh, I'm not going to get into all of that. But this is the doorway into being able to start afresh and to start anew. No matter where you're at in life, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed. It's the last Sunday in 2015. The last Sunday that you'll have an opportunity to do something like this for the Lord. If you're here today while heads are bowed, no one's looking around, it's between me and you and God. And you say, Pastor, would you please pray for me? I've looked for life in all the wrong places. I've looked for happiness and I've, I've, I've just come up empty. But today, I see the greatest gift. And it is life. It is abundant life. And it is eternal life. And I want my eternal life, my eternity to be spent with the Lord. If I continue down the path I'm on right now, it will not be. I ask you if you're here, listen, friends, just, just hang with me for a second here. You slip your hand up and right back down. How about you, sir? How about you, ma'am? Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at harborwc.com.